Well, ladies and gentlemen, look who we have here. Andrew, it is a pleasure and honor, mate. Thank you for coming on. How are you? Thanks for inviting <laughs> me, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, no, my pleasure. How are you, mate? How's it been the last six weeks? Well, it's pretty intense, pretty insane. <laughs> Everything with in in front of it. Um, un- unimaginable. There's an un for you. No, it, it, I, it's... I just keep hearing how big this game is and how much everybody loves it, which is absolutely fantastic. I had no idea. Did you? So you didn't have any idea when you were recording or working on this game of the scope and the the magnitude it might present? Not really, except the 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 buzzword, the word that was going around that it was going to be big. I hadn't done a motion capture before, so that was new to me. It, it unfolded over several years. Four years, is it now? I think I started in 2019. Wow. Uh, and then we hit lockdown, and we all wondered what the hell was going to happen. Uh, and I think I came in a little bit during lockdown as I was doing audiobooks during lockdown. I mean, it seemed an ideal fit for audio because you, you're kind of in isolation anyway when you, when you do a book. Uh and 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 it was the same in studio with this. There I was, in my Velcro suit. Um, but you're always wearing that anyway, Andrew. You are indeed. But but <laughs> there I was, isolated, just with <laughs> friends through the glass, through the looking glass, through the, <laughs> the glass window, through the magical glass. And uh, you know, no, it was we. And then we came out of lockdown, and things started to get more intense and. I came in for more sessions and I got busy. People started to tell me that Raphael was, uh, had made some sort of an impact. Yeah. Uh, people loved him and uh, loved to hate him and all of that. What's that like when people say they love to hate your character that you play? That's interesting, isn't it? Well, that's the great thing about playing the villains. If, if indeed you see Raphael as a, as a villain, but on some level, the devil has to be uh, seen that way. and well, it's just it's just a gift of a part, and the script was so good. It's like playing um, a Jacobean revenge uh, character, which is how I started. And uh, you know, you just go for all the the smoothness, but also the aggression when it's necessary. The elegant villain, you know, yeah, the, the velvet glove. <laughs> You've the also got to balance the the other side of him, the devil side, Harley. You know, and that's a different voice as well. Was there direction on that? It, yeah. So in this instance, is this when Raphael uh, makes love to himself, if you like? Is this yeah, that scene? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we had a bit of fun talking about that. But, uh, <laughs> oh, I was going to say, what is the that intimacy like? coach came in? You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's got to be strange, though, right, for you? Well. I was playing a different. Your question is playing a different aspect of Raphael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you look for there are always different sides, but yeah, I found a um, a camp side to him. I mean, it was a little bit camp anyway, you know, in that theatrical rather arch way. But there was uh, there was I just went further. I just went camper, and uh, and lighter, I suppose, in touch, but. Uh, if you know what I mean, um, <laughs> keep the touch light. Uh, 
and uh, and just just kicked it around and had fun with it. But yeah, you try you. It's like any character. You you try try the voice, see how it sounds. If the director likes it, then they steer you. Yeah, in a certain direction. Yeah, more, go further. You know, you know. Yeah, it's just it's just tweaking it. In most in most cases, it's a question of as exactly as you say, finding the balance. Do they do, and, they, do you ever go too far with it? How do you how do you balance that of going? If you go too far, it becomes too silly. Yeah, well, that's that's the judgment call. That's why you you just put it out there. I mean, they say less is more, but in mm-hmm. this kind of game, when you're playing the devil, and you know, you could have how. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. What is more? What is <laughs> no. more? Can there possibly be too much? I, know. I don't know. And and then it becomes you trust the director. You you yeah. the, the writer's given you the lines, the fantastic lines, and that's your first. There, all your clues are in there, and the situation. And then the director will will steer you, and you have that discussion. Yeah, yeah. Pull back on that. Try this. And the same is true of all the movement. You know, we we looked for ways of of finding the right movements and uh the movement coach would make uh adjustments or suggest ideas most of the time it's tweaking it it's go further with that gesture or go further in that direction there was one session i did where i felt i was being lizard like and i think i said that i said he feels a bit saurian in this scene and uh the uh, movement that the movement coach, I think, was in, uh, I think it was in Vancouver. <laughs> this was in the depths of December, and he said, "Yeah, go, go further with that." And he took the idea and steered. And do you love you that steered, as an actor? We steered, steered together. Yeah, absolutely. It's a collaborative yeah. thing, Dan, and uh, that's the joy of it. But but look, it's all instinct. You know, you bring mm. first of all. There's the casting, and you you hope. It has to be. Casting is 90%, they say. I mean, that was true in theatre. Directors would would tell me I didn't have to do, if I cast it right, I didn't have to do too much. So 90% of the work is done in the casting. So first of all, there's that. So you assume you're there for a reason and you assume you you look at the script, you know, you understand the situation and and you know what what sort of line you're going to take. And then... um, they either say, "Yeah, uh, great, go further," or, or pull back. It's tweaking. Then it's 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 just fine lining it. But but yeah, it's collaborative, absolutely. And and you work together. And and if I do my job right, there's less for them to do. When when they say, "I, d- oh, I didn't have to tell you to do anything," yeah, that's <laughs> a pretty nice tribute. That's you know, the best I compliment think. you can hear, right? Well, uh, right. You know, yeah. You give me a note. What would I do wrong? <laughs> Don't get defensive. Yeah, no. It's um, it, it's uh, it's a it was a lot of fun. And uh, and and if if they'd say, oh, we really enjoyed this session, the guys might say, we had a terrific session. It was so much fun. I said, it's always fun with you guys. And uh, and you know, you know, it's going well. You feel it's going well when everybody's enjoying it. And then now the game's out. Everybody out there, the millions out there are enjoying it, which is fabulous. You know, yeah, really so we've is. done our job. We we hope we've done our job right. Oh, the cast is sensational in this one. Everyone brings their best to the table. And, of course, it's the devs as well and the, the composer and the 
motion yes. capture people and everyone involved, writers, everyone's come together to create this piece of art. It's quite remarkable, yeah. really, isn't it? Hundreds of people, isn't mm. it? Hundreds of people all over the world collaborating on this. I I had no idea. Now yeah. you say that, but you've you've done a few games in the past, haven't you? But nothing hundreds like of, this. Nothing like this. Yeah, hundreds of games, but all mainly voice. All all vo- I mean, y- yes, you physicalize in the studio, but there's and there may be a camera on you for the purpose of the developers. Yeah. Uh, so they can see what you're doing, uh, um, and probably use it. But no, nothing like this. No. So why I, why all of a sudden did you get this role? Why you? Because well, you were it was perfectly cast. I mean, I can't picture anyone else doing this but you. Uh, not a, I'm I'm not blowing smoke up your arm. <laughs> really, and I know a lot of the viewers agree. So why why were you chosen though? What was that audition process like for you? And it's nice to make something your own, isn't it? Um, mm. um, it's you no, know, it's a great privilege for me. Um. I, well, I, I was in. I've I've been working with Pit Stop. I don't know since probably about I don't know twenty middle of the twenty fifteen something like that. I'd been on Divinity, Original Sin, but I'd worked with um, at Pit Stop. Uh, did a lot of sessions with Josh Whedon, uh, and um, along came this opportunity, and I put together some kind of film shot some something on the ipad you know um tried various different characters different whatever was up for grabs vaguely remember something a bit a bit like Raphael, and then you get the call and come in and but that's that was that's going back four years or more wow i had no idea we'd still be doing it and then there was the the early release yeah and josh told me it had been successful and there was a lot of talking going on right on the channels, yeah, on the networks. So he was always theatrical, because uh, you must you must have a theatrical background yourself. You, you must have grown up doing theatre. Yeah, theatre was how it started for me. Yeah, yeah, theatre was how it started. Um, I acted at university at Oxford, and uh, then trained as in classical theatre. Yeah, I started doing theatre. Absolutely, touring around. I was gate crashing auditions. I knew you were up to no good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I flapped my wings and pushed the door. <laughs> you have a part for me. Thank you. Yeah, I played Alec Durbeville. Uh, oh in, wow! In, in Tess of the Durbervilles in a production in 1987, and we toured the West Country with it. And I gate crashed the audition. Uh, yeah, and it was right. a terrific job. I got my equity card. That's how far back we're going, right? Because you needed a card in those days. It, it was the, the shop was closed, a closed shop. So I had to have a card to start working professionally. I'd been working on the fringe. Is this okay to talk about this? Is this this is all? Uh, this is beautiful, mate. Please keep yeah. going. Yeah. yeah. So um, so yeah, I needed an equity card. I'd been working on the fringe in London uh, after leaving drama school. I'd already got a degree in English. Uh, I taught for a little bit, went to drama school, then started working on the fringe, but without an equity card. So I'd find out where auditions were happening. And the Orchard Theatre, the small to medium scale touring company based in Barnstable in the West Country, they were doing tests. 
And I thought, well, okay, let's give this a shot. There could be a part for me in this. And um, I rolled up to the audition uh, in a suit, elegant suit. I don't know why. <laughs> I think I'd been to something else that day. And, uh, and Trying I said, to make a good you... impression. Exactly. A good impression for a bad guy. Yeah, bad guy. <laughs> but that's a debate. So, so Nigel Bryant said to me, the director of the Orchard. He said, "Yeah, I've got. Yeah, yeah I've got, we've, we've, we've got five minutes. Yeah, yeah, come, come in, come in." I mean, often this wouldn't work. People would send you away, but Nigel said, "Yeah, yeah, come, come in." And I read a scene uh, of Alec, uh, probably with Tess, and um, went away. And a couple of days later. I got a phone call. Now, this is before mobile phones, just to put this into context. So the phone rings, and it's Nigel, the director, on a pay phone calling me <laughs> to offer me the job. The gig. And he's Times said, have changed, haven't they? Haven't they, haven't <laughs> they just? This is 1987, August. Yeah. He said, um, yeah, but I'd like, like to offer you part of Alec. I said, oh, oh. Brilliant, brilliant, Nigel. That's great. He said, "Yeah, the dates are and it was August of this to November of that. Uh, the money is this. Uh, there'll be a touring allowance. There'll be a subsistence allowance. We're rehearsing. Gave me all the all the facts and figures." I said, "That's that's really good, Nigel. That's th thank you." <laughs> and, the pip, and the pips went. Remember the pips on the payphones? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we had to shovel more money in for another minute or two. Yeah. And uh, Nigel said, "Okay," you know, because he clearly wasn't getting <laughs> the call. And I said, "Nigel, Nigel." He said, yeah, what? I said, is it okay about the equity card? So I can't work without a card because every company had an allocation of about two. Is it okay about the card? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was the end of the call, and that was the That's start fantastic. of my professional career. What a way to really... kick it off. Yeah, well, I did three tours with The Orchard, and, and the great thing about that company was that you'd be playing different houses every night different size auditoria so it might be a village hall on the edge of Exmoor or Dartmoor Chagford I remember was one what a great name Chagford Dulverton these were the best places they were village halls there was a feeling that the actors are come hither I was going to uh, say isn't this other small crowds sometimes better absolutely right yeah absolutely yeah. right those are the things yeah the the small scale of it uh the intimacy of those performances. And then other times you'd be playing the bigger houses like the Northcott Theatre in Exeter or the Brew House in Taunton. Are you still interested in them as well? I'm still interested in theatre, absolutely. Yeah. I'm interested in every aspect of this craft, yeah. But, you know, that it you go in different directions and you go where the work takes you, I would say. <clears throat> and after my early years in theatre, then... In those days, you could audition for the the BBC Radio Drama Company, and in those days, they they would give you they would they were obliged to give you an audition eventually, and eventually uh, the time worked. And okay, I got to yeah, because otherwise it's no rejection, no, not even going to bother seeing you. But they would see you. Okay, and after after several months, I was in town, and I could go in, and and they said, well, would you like to join? I don't suppose you'd be interested in joining the radio drama company, would you? And I said, yeah, why not? It was a six-month contract in those days. I think it's three now. Yeah. Six-month contract, and you could extend That's pretty it. long, isn't it? Absolutely. Like that's a big commitment for you. A big commitment, but you're in town, 
and you you could you you had so many days leave i mean you know it was a okay. proper job insofar as it was possible it was a proper job other than the national theater or i suppose a long run in the west end what jobs are there like that so you think about that you you and you could resign if something else came along so you weren't it wasn't do or die it was all a question of negotiation and uh, yeah, but the opportunities to work with different writers, different directors, different actors, every day or mm. five days a week, new a new play. If you think on on the radio, there's practically a new play every day. There's some great new writing going on, and uh, it, a great opportunity for me. And you and you're you're liberated. It's, you're not cast according to how you look or sound because you can tap into different accents uh you know your your versatility whatever range you can find you can explore all that and you learn not to be afraid of that you in fact it's it's just terrifically liberating did you do any musicals along your run because no. you know i'm going to ask you about this i haven't song. a clue what you're going to ask me oh mate i cannot i've been, i've played this song a hundred times i cannot get enough of it why why what's so special <laughs> Apart from it being unexpected, I think. Yeah, it is. It is unexpected. Yeah, it's just sort of magical playing through the game. I know you don't play games, but when you're playing through, and then it is unexpected, and it's it sort of fits the character, the song. Yeah. Um, it yeah. sort of fits the moment, and I haven't seen anything like that in a game before, which is rare for me doing this as a living. So it was, yeah, it was a magical experience. But yeah, no, it must have been unexpected. Uh, well, I mean, I just they just. I got the call. The we'd like you to come in and do a song. I said, you know, then, uh, do you sing? You know, this kind of these questions. Will you be okay with this? So, <laughs> yeah, I can hold a tune. Uh, you know, if you're there uh, by my side, to help me through. <laughs> and that's exactly that's exactly <laughs> what um, they sent me the they sent me the um, the the lyrics, um, and and the the, the sort of guide track. Don't think there was any singing on the guide track, and then I came in and had a session with uh, Boris Love, and he, he was brilliant. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful composer, and he was he was terrific. Gave me confidence and talked me through it. And so you weren't confident at all. Well, well, it's it's as 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 I mean, you ask if I've done musicals. No, I, wow. I haven't. I can't believe done that. Done musicals, but but in the sense that this was more. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of, somebody. Some some people have described it as a bit Rocky Horror, or yeah. uh, what's yeah. the other comparison? Um, oh, a Disney villain or something. So a nineties you know, Disney villain. I've heard, I keep hearing that. Yeah. I don't know what what have they got in mind? What do you think they? Yeah, that's what I, I'm trying to think. What have they got in mind? Yeah, I don't know. But it's it's all about getting the style right. I mean, you've got the character. I had the character. And that's really what Boris Love was. What you know, he he said um, that was the most important thing that the actor has the character, and he talked about it in terms of a musical. He said, "I, I feel we're almost ready to go onto the stage now. I think we're, you know, I can feel this is right. This is going to be so that. powerful. This is oh. going to be so huge. This is going to be terrific. Yeah, Andrew. Yeah, keep going with that. Okay, we go one more time. Let's try the get the you know, and it's time getting the timing right and the counting in and." And uh, for the familiarity, as you would do with with any rehearsal, yeah, getting the style, 
and what to go for, how much to go for, exactly in the same way as you would. It's an extension of the character because it is the character. He just happens to express himself in in song, unlikely though it may be. <laughs> so it was was it his idea? I I imagine so. Yeah. But what, okay. What what discussions were taking place, and decisions were made prior to it? Yeah, they must have. Must have figured it out. Yeah, we're going to give Raphael a song. I don't know. Do other other characters get songs? Not really. No, not like this. <laughs> not like this. I think it's already got millions of hits on online. This song. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought? Were you apprehensive at all? Were you nervous? Yeah, I was, because because I want you know you want to get it right. Um, in the same way that. You know, you're nervous about about any any part of it, but you know. Whereas with this, with most, with all of the sessions, you feel you 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 bring the character. You know, once you've established who the character is, and you you will do that in the first session. So you'll know, you'll feel the character, and you'll feel how he moves. Um, and and that aspect of it was theatrical too. I felt that on the very first session about the movement. You know, you're slightly angled, and and there's a theatricality to it. A theater, a theater, a sense of acting in a in a space, a three dimensional space, as you would be on a stage, and you know, talking to or or, or being aware of above and and around you. Yeah, in a way that you wouldn't be normally in a in a, a voice only game. So that sense of physical space made it, and and your movements within that made it theatrical. So when it came to yes, so you you establish the character, and that gives you the confidence for every session. So you know who he is, you know how he feels, you know how he talks, how he moves. So now you have got to find out how he sings. <laughs> yeah, and how do you do um, that? Did yeah, you warm up beforehand in your in your own time? Did you prepare? In 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 the same way, Rich, just in okay. the normal way. Uh yeah. because because it was a it, it was a partly sung piece. Yeah, I know. There was a big but there was a big moment at the end where you, you know, yeah, it kind of crescendos. Yes. Yes. And, I mean, but I that, couldn't hit that note. <laughs> no. Well, I'm not sure I did. Yes, uh, you did. Come on. um, (laughs) But with with help, what Boris Lai said, you know, it's getting into the the character really, and then everything else comes as a bonus, and it will feed into getting that. And just, but yes, the timing and hitting the notes; those are the technical things that I was nervous about. But but that's why you rehearse. That's why you know you allow the time for the song and. And and I think we both felt should we give it one more shot at the end? Uh, have we got time? Yeah, no, we got to move on. Uh, have we got time to do it? I think it'd be good because you just bring everything together, just synthesize everything that you've done, and go for the not just the technical things, but go f- bring the character and just try to get everything together to wow. make it work. Yeah, no, in that sense, it was like it was like any other rehearsal, I suppose. Have you heard the final product? Yes, I've heard it on YouTube. And what was your reaction? Did you show your family and friends? Did you go, (laughs) take a look at this guy? (laughs) I forwarded the link to to a few people, yeah. 
Yeah. I'm not sure what they make of it. But of course, <laughs> it's it, they've done a great job on the production and then the girls have, have uh, added that that wasn't there before. It was just the music. Added another layer, didn't it? Yeah. Other another layer and just just more atmosphere. Yeah. No, they've they've done a great job. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know I, I love people um absolutely love that song, as do I. It's it, uh, it was it's fun. on repeat. <laughs> it was fun to do and uh yeah, brave of them to ask, but it's great having a challenge. So last yeah. one on that. So you were never you were never gonna say no to that. You were always yes. Absolutely, yeah. No, I wouldn't say no. I mean, if you get in there and you and it just doesn't work, then you do. Then you can that. question, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then then you say, well, you asked me. I, you know, I just. You know, <laughs> when are we going to do the acting again? You know, it's. <laughs> I can't sing. I'm, you know, I just want to do like Mick. Or oh I, man, that's good. The rock and roll Raphael. The Rolling Stone number, right? I can do it like that. Yeah, you know, you just oh my go. goodness, that's good. Well, now I'm going to ask, what else have you got in the tank in terms of impressions? I swear, you've probably got thousands. Um, not thousands, Dan, but one of my one of my favorites. It's all very well playing a famous wizard. Can you possibly tell me who this oh, might be? That's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. It's all very well playing a fair. I really wanted to play Paul Bettany's part in Wimbledon. <clears throat> No, yeah, um, yeah. It's, uh, yes, um, our most one of our most distinguished character actors, <laughs> who happened to play Gandalf in Lord of the Rings. Oh, can you yeah. conduct that the interview um, in that voice from now on, Andrew? No, if you really want me to, <laughs> yes, um, you want to ask me where I started in the, yes. I feel like you could probably do a a bit of a Christopher Walken too. I feel like you could do him. Um, he's tricky, you know. Oh, people, okay. people, people do uh, do very good Christopher Walkens, and I must work on it. But okay. um, yeah, Chris, what a great uh, great actor! I love it when he does that. You know, when he goes into that kind of gravel thing, and then you know, it's a kind of not exactly uh, conventional <laughs> delivery. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Re- I don't really do walking, but oh, I think you do now. No, what a tricky customer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, talk to me about the voice of Raphael. How uh, was this something that you developed? Finding his breath, finding his voice, or was this something that was just right there from the start? It's um, probably right there from the start because, as I was saying, the casting. You, you know, once you, I, I think I knew what I wanted to do, and. It they must have the guys must have felt the directors must have felt that that the voice fitted. Uh, I mean, there has to be a reason why they asked me to do this. So I don't know if it was the the uh, the besides the, the, the good looks, the, the film, <laughs> the film I did, or uh, or whether it was Josh who I'd worked with, uh, you know, on other games. I I don't know, but I had a feeling how I wanted to play it. As I say, you know, I've been playing characters. I'd say not dissimilar. I just enjoy these characters. The, 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 the villains are the best parts. And I felt it was it was uh, bringing a bit of Milton to, uh, you know, a bit of Lucifer to Baldur's Gate. Why not? I've always loved playing these parts and, and have been cast in them. 
Yeah, right. Villain, the, the villains, the the Machiavels, people with authority but charm. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, because Raphael has to be charming. That's a word um, that keeps coming up. Yeah, charming. Yeah, but also but, one step ahead. Exactly. Yeah, smart, clever, Machi- powerful, mm. authoritative, charismatic, dangerous but seductive so you know get all that right and um <laughs> you know but but it's also about being trying to not trying but not trying it's about being effortless so you can't Raphael can't try too hard he lets people come to him so I, I'm sort of trying to sit back on it too I don't know how you do it <laughs> it sounds very complicated let me tell it, you <laughs> But it's also Dan instinct, instinct. You know, you just have a feeling. Acting, right. especially right. in 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 games, and you know, it's about instinct. You just go. Yeah. You go. You absolutely go, and you go on the fly with it. You you're on the wing. You you extemporize. You try things out, and if they don't work, you try something else. And uh, you know, when I go in for sessions on games, often I don't know what I'm doing. They may have sent the script. They may not. I said, don't bother sending me the script because what can I do until I I know until I get there? And then you get the the situation, and you get the background. You don't you don't need too much. Yep. You know, with the character, what what status is he? What's what does he what does he want? The basic questions: What do I want? Who am I? What do I want? How am I going to get it? Uh, who, what, where, when? You know, very simple questions. And uh, but. But really, you know, does it go back to Gilgood? It's getting the style right. You know, once you get the style right. So, you know, how arch is Raphael? How camp is Raphael? He's both in different at different times. How danger and I you and you and the times you feel the danger coming out. Some words you drew out and other words you let breathe. Like there was a cadence to him too. Right. Was that in te- I'm and, guessing that was intentional? Well, intentional insofar as uh in the moment it felt right yeah i mean there's nothing that you that you sort of deliberately set out to what it is it should feel completely natural once you sort of lock into the character you don't you might get a note the director might give you and we had terrific directors might give you to just just pause there or just get breathe after that phrase or you know you might get something like that that helps but yeah i mean you just do a pass at a line the way you feel it should be what makes a good director for you you've been doing this for so long now what is the difference between a good director to you and a and a bad one (laughs) (laughs) i know you could answer that in a few ways but (laughs) it's a very difficult question (laughs) um what i would say i think it's a light touch Coming back to the light touch, um, a director should, well, everyone's got to trust everybody else because it's a collaborative thing, as we were saying. So the director, uh, so the actor brings what he brings. I go in there and I, I, this is my idea of Raphael or how I feel he is. And this is how I think the line should be. And the director will just say, yep, great. Um, movement director will say, try it. Yeah, yeah great. Or, or just nudge you, or just breathe at the end of that, or 
or pause, try a pause there, but it's just subtle. And you, you, you'll you do two or three different passes at the line, but if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And the, the a director will know when to, you know, just don't, don't over-labor it. Don't over-correct it. I've seen, I've been in productions where a director will try to, to do too much not on this not on this show no 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 not, not on bg3 but yeah no. other projects you've been but on, on other other shows yeah controlling just overbearing yeah no, over controlling trying to do too trying to over the actor shouldn't try to do too much neither should the should the director so it's it's the director allowing the actor to find the role and to find the delivery and to find what he does but you just nudge, you just steer. But yeah, the director should not do too much. It's about nudging, steering, always supporting, always being positive, finding the positive. So it's a it's a canny game. It's a psychologically, uh, you know, you always said you, the actors the actors' confidence has got to be there. So you can't go, mm, no, that was crap. No, 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 do it again. No, 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 no. <laughs> and then you think, well, okay, but. It's about listening to everybody, listening yeah. to each other, and uh, trust. And as I say, trust. And if you, if you, um, you know, and, and trying things, but, but a good director will do that. But give, but give you this. The first will always give you the positivity and the confidence. Um, but as I was saying, you know, that you go where the work takes you, and uh, it took me into radio, and uh, after. I'm not not exclusively because I was still doing theatre, but I started. I did a lot, an awful lot of radio, uh, twice on the Radio Drama Company, and then 20, 20 years ago this year, I I went to audition for a, a, the part of Adam in The Archers. Wow, twenty <laughs> um, years! My God, I've been doing the show twenty years, but that's nothing in the scale of it because that show's been running seventy years. And Seven- the lady who played seventy oh years. The the lady who plays my grandmother, Peggy June Spencer, she retired last year at the age of one hundred and three. I mean, that's just not doing it properly, <laughs> is it? I mean, that's doing it. Come on, Gran, you can keep going. Surely we can give cut her some slack. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. I love that. I love so, that. But longevity with a show like The Archers, I mean, you, you talk about my passion and keeping going. I've been doing it this this show 20 years, but it's nothing. But uh, how do you keep a show um, fresh after that long? That's a tough thing. How does it, you know, how do you keep evolving in a role like that? Well, first of all, part of it is mundane. Part of it okay. is, part, is, the, um, is the everyday aspect, the, the, the calming, the... Uh, the reliable, the, the the everything revolving around the seasons and the land, because it's a story about a farming community. I think that's part of it. Um, the, um, I mean, some people might call it wallpaper, but you know, gossip. It's all based around people talking, gossiping, stories being told through that, through that means. You know, there's a pub, there's a shop. People gravitate together. They chat exchange information and then every so often something dramatic happens there's a fire in a barn as there was in 1955 the death of grace archer which coincided with the start of itv and uh, 
and other dramatic stories and gradually the turning of the knife until finally the dam breaks and something dramatic happens in in an unexpected way well might be unexpected might be expected um i didn't expect helen to be the one stabbing rob but her child was threatened and in the impulsive nature of the of the dramatic moment that's what happened and then the court case and how everything unfolded ensued after that but yeah so i'm saying that it's the every it's the mundane it's the uh, you know the everyday aspect of it but also the heightened dramatic so you get that balance i mean it could be four fifths to one fifth heightened or melodramatic and that's how you keep the balance but they have a lot of writers <clears throat> they have about a dozen writers and uh, um, probably a similar number of directors, producers. And uh, that's how you keep it fresh. It's constantly looking for, for storylines. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And going back to Boulder's Gate, uh, this is your first motion capture job. Did you get the bug? Is this something you, you think you want to do again? Or how did you find the whole experience of putting on the suit and <laughs> be uh, honest with us. It, you might, you might not was, like it. it. Well, I, well, uh, it, it was weird to start with the, my very first session I recall was in January. I don't know, whatever it was four years ago, maybe four and a half years ago. And um, the, there I was in the, in the suit, all sort of togged up, ready to go. Um, gloves on, you know, fighting. Really. Um, <laughs> all the the light receptors, so we're all geared up, and the fire alarm goes off. We have to evacuate the building. <laughs> um, oh, this is great. So there I am on Croydon Croydon High Street on a rainy Monday morning. Probably it was raining. There's a fine drizzle. Standing there in my velvet pajamas. Well, it helped me That's get the fantastic. character, didn't it? <laughs> That's fantastic. So, uh, that, that was my introduction to it. What a way to begin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And 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 also technically, the the guy, the technicians, the, the the you know, the experts, the boffins, they're they're solving problems all the time. Um, and that's fascinating as well. Technically, you're you're they're, they're being as creative as they can. How are we going to improve this? I mean, there started to be chips put into the gloves to to create all the hand movements, all the hand embellishments. So they had to be fired up, connected by Bluetooth. And um, you had to go to base pose. Always have to go to base pose. That's that's a slightly uh, unusual thing. You create the base pose and uh, and return to the base pose after the line. Yeah, and you look like a Power Ranger on the monitor, and you think, oh, I kind of fancy this, you know. Um, so that's all weird. She's trying not to look at that. Um, and, um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's going to tell you, uh, but, but you've heard, you've heard the stories. It's, um, but how did you find well, it, Andrew? I want to know, is this something you think you'll do again? Absolutely. Love to yeah. do it again. Yeah. Love that's to do good. It again. It's, um, it, it combines different aspects of the graft. As I say, it feels theatrical. Um, it's like theatre and and on screen sort of mix, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
and and there's the the line comes up on the the monitor so that's that's like you're doing any any game any other game where it's just voice but at the same time you have to move and and it becomes three-dimensional it becomes like it, it so it's a new form it's not it's 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 not quite theater but it is theatrical it's obviously voice based and uh yeah and then it comes out and it's a movie it's incredible incredible sound and music oh, when it's all together We've got some fan questions here. We better get to some of them. The first one is from El Coco. Each and every Raphael line is delivered with perfection. How many takes are needed on average for you, Andrew? Well, we usually do at least two passes, but sometimes there might be three. It just depends. I think we, we essentially we run on a sort of default of two, so I might do it a couple of times and then... We might move on or the director might say something. Often I'll deliver a line and then think, no, I can do this a different way or and I'll immediately do it again. And if it's a long speech where you can connect perhaps two or three different speeches, but just connect it so it becomes like a monologue almost, we will, we, we might take that apart a bit. But I'm, I will suge- I'd suggest at the end of it, <clears throat> if I can have one, pass straight through a bit bit like i was explaining about the song so just have another go go i feel like they use those some of those where you did one full pass because it's it's very smooth some of them yeah and you get yeah good great thank you i mean just so you get those transitions um uh, uh, organically uh, you know and and made make the the adjustments as instinctive as possible yeah yeah you don't know you haven't got the time to to do too many um, I was going to say, is there, was there ever one that you maybe took four or five times, or was it never? I know I'm pushing your memory, so there, <laughs> there may have been, but but some of them will be adjustments, will be tweaks to a line. I mean, if you do it four or five, I, I would never feel that that feels like a lot. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but if it, as I say, if if it were one of the monologues. You might do it four times. You know why I ask? Yeah. I hear these stories of, I don't know, some directors where they'll have 80 takes, and I think that is yeah. insane, 80, yeah. 80 to 100 takes. I'd go yeah. psycho. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, you hear those stories on movies, don't you, and you just can't yeah. believe. Yeah. Well, who, who knows what they're saying after that? <laughs> but, but sometimes it's for technical reasons oh yeah that's the other thing oh no we got a we got a noise the microphone or you brushed or something fell or the or the or the uh the 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 tracking on the cat on the hand didn't work you know the the something there was a blip a technical blip so sometimes you have to repeat for technical things and just on the technical thing i was going to say walking into the studio one of the first times you look around you see these cameras they're above they're below they're behind never seen anything like it never you know that gives you a sense of the three-dimensionality of it. But you're not playing to those cameras. You're just just being aware of them. But but that's extraordinary. You're being filmed from every which way, every time. I would that's love to of... see you do a motion, because usually motion capture, you'll play off someone else in the suit. Yeah. And obviously in this you didn't. So I'd love to see you in a role where you get to play off someone in the suit. I think you'd really. I'd love to do that. Yeah. I, I asked a radio director who incidentally also was the same person who gave me my first job in the theatre, Nigel Bryant, a story I was telling you. He gave me my first job in radio 
And I once sat in on, on an editing session and I said to him, <clears throat> when you're editing, is there a default take you go to? Do you go to the first take or the last take? As a default, is there a... And he said, invariably, you go to the first take because it's got the instinct of the, the actor's delivery. It feels the most natural, the most instinctive. Because the second time you're trying to reproduce something, possibly. Um, but he said... You might take the first take as the base and just add a little bit of the third or, the, or whatever, you know, so you do a combination. But it could be for technical reasons. Yeah, right. That's true also in the arches, I would say. So your first take is your, because it'll feel the most natural to the actors. You'll already have read it through. Yeah. Uh, See, I'm not the, thinking of the technical side, but the, yeah, it must come into play, as you said. Well, it's, it, it yeah. It does, especially with with uh, with the motion capture. Um, I mean, if you if you, I can sometimes hear because you you've got the headphones on, and I can hear sometimes if if I've brushed the microphone, you've got a microphone on your forehead. Um, you know, if I lift my eyebrows, it might move the microphone, and I hear something. And then they'll say they'll stop. Oh, can we do it again for tech? Um, and and that's another thing to to bear in mind. We haven't, you know, there's the the sound guys are, are listening for, for for perfection yeah and the director's listening for intention and the movie <laughs> guys <are> looking for <laughs> yeah you know so, so you it's it's abs absolutely collaborative yeah and then and um if something weird goes wrong with the avatar uh then you know or the hand or the you know the chip's gone or the wi-fi's broken the bluetooth connections lost yeah then yeah that's a whole other aspect of it so are you hearing anyone's lines are you getting to play off any lines in your head at any moment on this game i'm struggling to think that that did happen but it does on other games if they've recorded the other lines right. uh, so if they had them they might have done but they're read in they are the director yeah. will read them in would you like to hear the line or you know yeah, Are you okay just to take it in your own time? We're gonna. I, give I you... think the answer is no, Dan. I think interesting. No. Man, that makes it even more unbelievable. The performance, um, Natasha. I'd like to ask if Andrew expected the players to end up loving Raphael as much as we did, because it was a shock to me. Oh, shock! How much he was loved. Um, that's the the complexity of the character and and the joy it's you it's all those things we were saying you you go for the charm the power the easy power the 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 the, the seductive the the confidence that just that sense that he doesn't have to try and that maybe maybe that's what makes him attractive but we also are wary of people like that in mm. real life i don't know about you yeah, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. He's, you know she's what's up easy. his sleeve? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> easy power here. Beware, you know. I don't know. That's no, fascinating. It's it's yeah. what makes us who we are. Tyler um, here says, "I don't have any questions. I simply just need to express what an outstanding performance we received from Andrew." Oh, thank you, Tyler. Thank you. Uh, Brad here says, Andrew, can we please hear the voice? It's absolutely incredible what you did. 
What's better than the devil you know? No, it's the other way around, isn't it? What's <laughs> better than the devil you don't know? A devil you do. Oh, they're going to love that. Uh, Is that. Did I get the line right? I think it's, I believe so. I it, yeah. I love it. And then that laugh, that chuckle. <laughs> I yeah. love that laugh. Yeah. I love the moment you kind of hysterically laugh as well. Um, oh, yes, that's right. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the romance scene, right? I think I think uh, the player asks, is Raphael good in bed? And I mm. think you hysterically love. I think that's the line, right? I think that's that's the dialogue, right? Uh, oh, right. That whole thing that God. Raphael only can make love with his own image. That was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy. And finding a way to stage to, to do that, that it had to take place. I haven't seen the scene but it had to take place on a bed. So yeah. I was on my knees for a lot of it. Oh, really? Yeah, Damn. yeah. So, you know, I mean, well, you have to do a lot of those takes on your knees. Yeah, you'd have to have knee pads if you were if you were in the rehearsing it or something. But, yeah. So, you, But you just pause between takes yeah. and then go back into it. Yeah. But, again, yeah, finding that different level of campness and uh, playfulness. All the movements slightly exaggerated. Can you ask Andrew to read a page from the phone book? Thank you. <laughs> oh, how does yeah. this feel hearing these comments, Andrew? Well, it's it's lovely. <laughs> it's very flattering, and uh, you're all too kind. <laughs> uh, what was your inspiration, Andrew, for this smug bastard? I instantly wanted to stab him in the face, but I still give him a ten out of ten. Who says that? Someone call me Doc said that. Call me Doc. Um, I, I don't know if there was an inspiration. There might not have been. No, that's perfectly no, fine. It, it, it's something that, as I say, these sorts of parts, these smug bastard parts, um, are, are things that I've played before. Arrogance, swagger. They have to be. They have to be like that, don't they? With the protagonist. Of his, of his. Stance. Do you share any of these traits in your real life? Quite the reverse. <laughs> that's why. That's why they're so cathartic to play. It's so cathartic <laughs> to play these characters. I don't know. We've all got bits of bits of Raphael in us. That's why. That's why we love him and hate him too. Because we, yeah, I don't know. I'm curious what you do to relax, Andrew. I know this is a left field question, but are you, do you read? Do you? Play golf? Well, Do you hang out with fam? What is it that you? Well, um, reading is something I tend to do for work nowadays, so I don't get to read so much for pleasure because I'm preparing. I've just been to Spain preparing an audio book. Uh, oh wow! And I just take off to the foothills of the Sierra Nevada and uh, work through PDFs on the iPad and make annotations and. You know, do it, but do it in a place of tranquility and that beauty. Sounds like a dream. <laughs> well, yeah, but it doesn't leave much money at the end of it. But yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's a sort of way of justifying the, yeah. the the break in a way, you know, because you yeah. know, yeah. So you do, yeah. So it's a working break. But um, what do I do? So um, I love movies. I I really love watching movies, um, and great uh, the you know the 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 world of 
now the series that we've got on streaming platforms you know the latest thing if, if you know that, that that i hear about you know and then getting involved in in that but no movies i Did i you watch oppenheimer it. yeah i've seen oppenheimer did you like Barbie. it or oh nice I, Christopher Nolan is such an interesting director. I've nothing but admiration for him. And what he's done with Oppenheimer is is, a, is outstanding. Technically, those images, and I went to see it on a huge screen in in London, Shepherd's Bush, um, and you can feel the the music too. You feel the thunder coming through, the, the bass coming coming through, you feel the, the seat shaking. It's an amazing experience. I feel sometimes... It's perhaps slightly overwrought, he, you know, um, with in, in some scenes and, and other scenes. I wanted to hear more. There was a party scene where someone says, "Professor, could you explain quantum mechanics to us?" And I thought, "Oh, this would be good." You know, just a few lines. We're not obviously not going to get into an hour dissertation, but I thought, "Yeah, we'll get a few lines, so we're not not taken for complete idiots." And he sort of got got a few words into it, and somebody interrupted the discussion. Ah. You know, this is yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. What did you think? What did you do? You like it? I, I I love the aspects you said. The the visuals, the music. I, I thought the acting was quite good as well. Uh, Amazing. Yeah, I thought overall it was a great experience. Yeah, I think so the, if I have to give him a ret- critique for his last few films, it would be sometimes there's not enough emotion with the characters. Right. Would you agree? It- Exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah. They're cerebral experiences. I felt that um, it's terrible. I feel terrible criticizing such a great director. No, I still recommend it to everyone. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. But yeah. But you, but, but you know, you go but right back to Memento, which is a brain teaser. Yeah. yeah. Um, brilliant brain teaser written by his brother, Jonathan, who, who created, co created Westworld. The television yeah he's very talented too yeah yeah brilliant um going right back to memento which which is just terrific um but they're cerebral experiences that i i did laugh in memento a few times this is one bit where guy pierce sort of comes into consciousness as it were in yeah. his 15 15 minute spells of memory returning and he says oh who, who am i chasing now Oh no, that's right. He's chasing me. <laughs> yeah, but that 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 is Nolan, isn't it? That sort of stuff. That really is. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. what he does. Yeah. But but their movies, I think, Dan, that you have to see several times. Uh, I mean, yeah. uh, apparently with Inception, people would be queuing around the block to see the movie in in Hollywood for the second or third time or fourth time. And and this was became known as the rehook, that Hollywood executives originally was suspicious of the movie because it was too clever, then decided, oh no, we we like this because people are paying <laughs> four or five times to come and see it, right? You know, so the yeah. rehook they're coming back to try and figure out the. But not the, everyone can get away with that, Andrew. Not everyone not gets everyone away, get away with that. Yeah, absolutely. And Nolan's about the only one who does. Why because is that? Because that, because he's doing something, he's an auteur, isn't he? He's doing something that nobody else is. I can't think of anybody who does things the way he does, and mm. he can make whatever decisions he wants to make and make exactly the kind of movies he he wants to. 
So this is why I feel slightly churlish about criticizing him, but I absolutely agree. They're not emotional. You don't you don't care in the same way that you do uh in other movie experiences. You don't, I, he, you don't, I did care in Interstellar. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. That that yeah, emotionally yeah. got me. Definitely. Yeah. Um but that's that yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and and I'm amazed. I friends told me oh, they went to see Oppenheimer on a Tuesday afternoon in the middle of Wiltshire, or you know, in in a small market town, and it was packed. Wow. Yeah. Now, I mean, what else can do that? Well, he tried it with Tenet, but we were still really in lockdown there. Um, yeah, weren't we? And some people say Tenet. I haven't seen Tenet. I have you admit, seen Dunkirk? But... I feel like you'd like Dunkirk. Yes. No, it wasn't. Quite, it wasn't. Didn't quite do it for me. Aspects of it I liked. So um, give me some of your. What are your some of your favorites? So we're going on a tangent now. Movies. But yeah, over the last few years, mm. give me some of yours so I can get a taste of your plat power. Well, I'd have to sort of top ten movies. I'd have to think about. But in recent years, let, let me come to it. You can go the, back if you want. You, yeah, you can go. Let, yeah. let me go back. So I'd have to put North by Northwest. Oh, yeah. Because that movie yeah. has everything. Um, romance, glamour, comedy, um, thrills and spills and set pieces and the crop dusting and Mount Rushmore and Cary Grant. Well, out of that comes James Bond, you know, because you've got 1959. So that whole Bond thing, the man on the run, the, um, you know, and that, that there, now there, interestingly, you ask me modern films, the, the Bourne films. I recently watched the Bourne Ultimatum for no other reason, again, than to, for no other reason than it happened to be on my laptop when I was in Spain and loved it. That 20 minute section, half first half hour of the Bourne Ultimatum in Waterloo Station, because yeah. they because because of the success of the Bourne films and the way the action scenes were done. Then when the Bond franchise started off again with Daniel Craig, all the fight sequences were done in it. So they, they had to rethink Bond because of Bourne. They may even, I may be wrong about this, they may even have used the same fight team, stunt teams, but the 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 action choreography was of a diff was a, was different when Craig came in to do Bond. But but yeah, what Paul Greengrass is doing, this almost documentary style to the, mm. the action sequences, I thought was brilliant. Um but so Hitchcock's North by North, you could probably put all of the Hitchcocks. Into yeah. the category. Rear window. Rear window. window. Absolutely. Yep. Um Vertigo. Yep. Extraordinary. Um, but what what uh I'd also put Billy Wilder, double indemnity, film noir, love the film noir classics. Um, some like it hot comedy, brilliant. Gotta put that there. And one of the fastest and funniest films, Carrie, that I've ever seen, Carrie Grant again. Um his girl Friday. His, yeah, it's his girl Friday. It's his a remake girl of Friday. the front page. It's a remake of the front page. Rosalind Russell, Cary Grant. Um, I haven't seen it. Just just firecracking wit. Uh, you know, you just just brilliant, brilliant. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, one of those classic. Yeah. What? Um, so, what about the last twenty, thirty years? In movies. Yeah. Uh, what what have we had lately? Um, That's all right. We um, can't think of any. It's all good. Well, well, um, there are amazing films 
um, Amores Paros. You've got the whole, you know, European and also South American um, influences. But Amores Paros, that's about, Paros, that's about 20 years ago. Yeah, I can't think of many films this year that blew me um, away besides Oppenheimer. Uh... Um, a very good remake of The Three Musketeers, D'Artagnan, D'Artagnan came out this year uh, with Vincent Cassel, among others. Heard about um, that, yeah. In French, and, and I think there's going to be a part two coming up. But I thought that, as a historical epic, uh, was just, just glorious to watch. Beautiful sense of style, sweep, swashbuckling, you know, verve, and terrific filmmaking. I feel That's like... probably... One I feel like you'd love films. a film called Cache. Just came to my mind. I don't know if you've seen it. A really Cache. Great who film. directed? Who directed that? Michael yeah. Haneke. Ah, yeah, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Um, Cache. Have I seen that? It's a French film from two thousand and five. One of my all-time favorites. Brilliant. No, yeah. was it? What's What's Haneke's most recent? Oh. Now, did he do the White Ribbon? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Two thousand nine. Yeah, that's around that period. That's again amazing, disturbing. A lot mm. of these European films, they're they're, uh, but you're meant to be disturbed by them. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's the whole point. Yeah. 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 Um, back to these questions. Um, what do you remember from the Night Lords, Andrew? Mm-hmm. Great trilogy. Yeah, great trilogy. And again, I was very lucky to be asked to read them because they are so good. And um, yeah, I mean, the easy power of the Night Lords. It's a it's the same kind of thing. The the guys we love to hate, the good guys we love to hate. They're sort of good. They're sort of bad. They inhabit this dubious moral universe or universe of moral dubiety. Um, that's the right word. Uh, they, they're, they're just they're they're very well written, very stylish, very powerful. I enjoyed them. Tough, tough going. They're intense. I was going to say audio, you, you probably want to break after doing that. You want to just lie down. Yeah, we we took them one at a time. I did get a break between between them. I couldn't have done them back to back. But when when I do a Tad Williams, it's it's often two weeks in studio. I have to stagger the the days. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, a book like that, I mean, it's about um, wow. They're, they're about thirty-five or more recorded hours. Shit. And uh, you know, you, you, it's several books in one because of the multi layers of narrative going on. It's telling several stories at the same time. Yeah. And um, yeah, uh, they take they take weeks to prepare. So that'll be a long trip to Spain, right? <laughs> well, you, that's the one you got to take that to Australia, Andrew. Oh, yeah, that's a point. That's a point. <laughs> that's a point. Uh, <laughs> what was your favourite voice line from Raphael, if you remember any? Well, I think it's the one I did for you. Said before, yeah. Delivered for you earlier. The one I think I got right. Would the, you, the Black Rising, he says, would you make a deal with Raphael, Andrew? No way. <laughs> no way. I know him too well. <laughs> uh, um, Sorry, it's a bit of a cop out that maybe. No, no. I agree. 
Uh, do you ever feel the need, Andrew, to bring out Raphael at the dinner table at home? Uh, you know, if you feel like you I, need to add something to the meal experience. I feel the need, but have to resist it <laughs> for the for the uh, the peace of all. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, not a question, just love for Andrew. Raphael is my favorite character from the game. Everything from his demeanor, animations, looks, and of course, the amazing voice acting. Truly superb job. Oh, too kind. Too kind. Thank you. It's it's lovely to um, hear that people are enjoying, enjoying it because it makes you feel you're doing something right. And it's just great to have that feedback. I'll leave you with one more on Raphael. What do you want people to take away from him, if anything? Wow, what do I want people to take away from him? Maybe they should keep away from him. <laughs> but but at That's the same a bit time, hard, Andrew, you have to meet him. <laughs> well, it, but yeah, at the same time, I want people to be drawn to him. I want people to keep coming back for more. But against one's. Uh, better instinct maybe i don't know that's the that's the joy of it that's the complexity of it the push pull you know on the one hand he's this on the other would you trust him all these questions are sort of aiming towards that aren't they mm. you know what do i want people to take away from raphael Ooh, the answer to all their problems <laughs> and and how would you sum up the four-year experience with Larry and Pit Stop, everyone involved. Unbelievable. Um, so surprising. So surprising at the success that, that the game's become. Um, nothing but admiration for everyone and thanks uh, to everyone who's been involved technically and creatively. In terms of the production and the cast, uh, I feel honoured to be part of a, co a company like this. Although it's so strange not to interact and to feel well, one's sort of acting in isolation. Although, although in another way, I don't feel that I'm in isolation. But but actually, we go into studio and we are in isolation. But then then the joy on occasion of being in studio at the same time. In the, in the other studio, there's Neil, who plays Astarion, you know, and, and we get to chat, and that's that's great. But most of the time, no. But it's a it's a joy, a privilege to be a part of the team, and just thanks to everybody. Um, and uh, here's to the next one. Let's hope it's not oh, another twenty. Yeah, and I right, want twenty you know. years. Yeah, no, it can't be another twenty years, Andrew. My goodness, and you need to strangle them. And I want you to come back, maybe not as a devil this time, maybe an angel. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But you see, Lucifer was a fallen angel. So yeah. that's the, you know, there's the, the paradise lost. There's the Miltonic thing that that uh, the, the, the power, the pride of Lucifer. But, yes, he was an angel. Yeah. By the way, you mentioned Neil. Did you? Did he direct you? No, Neil no. never directed badly, but I know he did direct some of the sessions. Yeah, 
So you yeah. just met him in the corridor or whatever. He was just yeah. We met him between in a in a break, I think. Oh, a yeah, of, a couple of times. And then I was doing another game. I came in and and he was doing a session. Oh wow! Um, so I met him a couple of times, and I know he's doing a live stream. He's organised a live stream. He's passionate, passionate about. Are you going to join him on that, or you don't know? I'm going to I'm going to talk to him about it. I haven't managed to since I got back from Spain. I haven't managed to speak to him, but uh, I'm hoping to. Yeah, if if everything aligns timing wise, that yeah, I can I can be there. Would you ever do any comic cons or anything like that? Are you interested in doing anything like that in the future if you've got time? Why not? Why yeah. not? Yeah. I, went, meet I was the fans. Of, meet the fans. Yeah. I put my wings and horns on. And, well, they'll be doing that. <laughs> yeah, was, they will. Somebody, did someone tell me there was a Comic Con and somebody did go dressed as Raphael? Yes. Uh, yes. Is that right? Have That's I true. This? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Where was that then? It was I think happened. it was in, uh, I think it was in London. I think. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah. Well, I'd certainly. That be must be a proud it. moment. Yeah. No, really. It would be, yeah. When, when, well, then you know your characters reach some kind of iconic status. Mm. There was an audio drama or series, audio drama series I did called John Sinclair. And th- th- this is a bit cult-ish. Sort of um, horror, it's sort of crossover, noir horror. Oh, uh, sounds good. Noir horror. Yeah, Pulp yeah. Fiction meets horror. Oh, and yeah. huge, in, if you Google it, Dan, huge in Germany. John Sinclair, and there was a the the guys from Cologne from Cologne came over, and we did about fifteen episodes in English, and I was cast as John Sinclair, who's a little bit, um, you know, he has that sort of, you know, um, I'm a detective, but I'm very English, you know, um, but I have this, uh, you know, he has all that smoothness of Raphael and same sort of vocal qualities, um, but it's. Uh, they're like audio movies, heavily uh, post-produced, looks big soundtracks, sound effects, crashing cars and oh, yeah. explosions, zombies, mummies, plagues, all of this sort of stuff. Wow. And um, I went to Cologne, to Cologne for a convention over there. It's massive, John Sinclair. Wow. Over there. In Germany, I, of all places. In, in Germany. And yeah. I was introduced to the English John Sinclair. The guy who was voicing... <laughs> The German John Sinclair <laughs> is the same guy who was the voice of James Bond and probably many others. Daniel oh, Craig. Oh, wow. This was voicing Daniel Craig. Oh. What happens in, in Germany oh. is when you're a, a, a successful voice artist and you get to dub Daniel Craig, Gerard Depardieu, someone like that, you do all his movies because, of course, all the movies are turned into German and dubbed. And So you've uh, instantly got work for... Yeah, for, for however yeah. long it, yeah, yeah, Daniel Craig's around, he'll he'll be doing those movies. But he was uh, he was John Sinclair. But I'm only mentioning this because I went over. They flew me over to to the convention there, and we just just had a great time. Yeah, but I had like, no idea. What was Germany like, by the way? It was amazing. It was terrific. I'd been to I'd been to Cologne before. Um, beautiful, beautiful city. But, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about this the other day when I was going through the airport, one thing yeah. I remember waiting at Colne Airport is there's a sort of smoking room inside the building. You can go into this room, this smoking room, 
but it's a perspex chamber. You go in there and it's full. I don't smoke, <laughs> but you go in there. No, I, I had to either. go in just to sample it, but you go in there. There's no air. <laughs> it's just smoke. It's a smoking chamber. I couldn't believe <laughs> there was a smoking I know. Isn't that funny? And you go in there and yeah. people are, you know, and oh, yeah, it's just stop this out, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, got to catch my plane. Um, you open the door, <laughs> billows of something exploded in there, you know. Oh, goodness me. That's but funny. no, I loved it. I loved, I loved Germany. But I traveled so, to Spain. Where's your next trip? Probably Spain again. <laughs> you just love it I, there, I, right? I, Can't get enough. Uh, it's funny that when places draw you back, it's it's. But I might go to a different part of Spain. I was talking to my nephew last night, and because um, I always go to the south, I go to Andalusia. There's a, I don't know, maybe the dialect isn't so understandable down there. It's a, perhaps a thicker dialect. I, I think I might have uh, might be better for my Spanish learning if I go into the north. It's greener in the north. I have been to the north, but I just like the I like the. The ambience of the south, the foothills of the Sierra Nevada. So you recommend that for I, me and my girlfriend? For a, if you're coming over, because we're yeah next year we're thinking of going yeah. Well, if you're going to what to Spain? To Spain, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it depends what you like, but okay. The thing about the south, Andalusia, you've got the three great cities: Sevilla, Cordoba, Granada. So yeah, you've got amazing monuments: the Mesquita in Cordoba, the Alhambra in Granada. And Seville is just an amazing city, yeah. Uh, say, um, but then if you, you, you know, it's big. It's a big region. But then if you go to the foothills, if you go up into the Alpujarras, you're, I don't know, the first well, a couple of years ago, I went to Bubion, one of the three famous pueblos blancos. There's uh, Pam, Pam, Pampalera, Bubion, and Capilera. Bubion, you've got this picture postcard view down the valley towards the Mediterranean. And I was there. The air is so pure. Uh, you can see right the way down to the Mediterranean. And some say you can see to Morocco. Um, I, I could see the I could certainly see the Mediterranean. And at night, I it's it was when I went there, it, it had been decades since I'd seen stars like that. And only last week wow. I would look yeah. out at night. There's the moon, and there's Jupiter, and there's Capella, and there's you know, yeah, wow. Names from, there's uh, Astarian, no, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but it's the night sky. I sort of remember as a kid, but yeah. but the clarity, wow, uh, of and the purity, and but then I went two years ago, and I arrived in November, and I flew to Malaga, drove up. Took a couple of hours. To Is that winter up. time? Well, it's on the cusp. It, okay. It, you, December, January is winter, but the question of how much it snows now is a moot point. There yep. was no snow on the peaks when I was there just now. There often is or used to be. But I arrived in November and I thought I'd be okay because I checked the, the weather. I wasn't looking for heat. No. But warm enough coming from an English November. Yeah. And and yeah. I certainly didn't want rain. Ironically, I had a <laughs> tropical downpour last Sunday. So that's story. Yeah. But I, I drove up from Malaga a couple of hours and I arrived and I'm twisting alpine roads. And, you know, I'm driving at night. This is November yeah. two years. Yeah. Get out of the car 
and there's a, a, a crisp coldness to the air. And I, I'm thinking, oh, no, is this going to be too cold? Um, mm. But it, but it was, there's a crisp purity, clarity. And I looked up, and there was the sky. But I thought, <clears throat> it might just be too cold. But the next day, the next morning, the sun was shining. And I was walking around for the for the rest of the time there in a T-shirt. During the day, it was beautiful. It was like spring, summer in the UK on a mm. good day. It might have been beautiful. cloudy once or twice. And if it is cloudy, the winds take it away quite quickly. But yeah. the nights, it's cooler, but not so cold, not compared with England. Oh, so- nothing's like England. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's either damp or it's or it's freezing. The funny thing is, London's very much like Melbourne down here. Melbourne's very yeah. similar. Yeah. That's where you are, right? Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah. Very rainy. Yeah. But we're starting to hit spring now and then summer down here. So, yeah. Summers are very hot here. So it's sort of every, all extremes down here. Yeah. Four seasons, right? In one four day seasons. sometimes. In one day. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. they say, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So you're coming into summer. Yeah. Wow. Sweltering. Yeah, we've just had a heat wave here. In, oh, uh, have in, you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. it's been really hot and humid. Um, it's a bit cloudier, cooler today. Weather's broken a bit. But London yesterday was, even yesterday was a, still a sweat box. Oh, shit. Yeah. 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 But um, we, you know, we can't complain because, you know, oh, if, it's, no. if it's cold, cloudy, and that's usually summer, you know. And clam, you know, you think, well, where did summer go? We had a nice spring, but yeah. and then we hit two months of nothing. But then suddenly you get an Indian summer in September. It's weird. Thank you for your time, by the way, uh, Andrew. We really appreciate it, mate. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate your time, your questions, your passion, your intelligence, your love for all of this, and your enthusiasm. Thank you. Thank you for the questions, everybody. Um, yeah. Is there anything you want to say to the fans quickly? Of your work in any realm, yeah. I, I, I'm just, just, just humbled and delighted that everybody's enjoying this game and and Raphael so much. It's just, it's so gratifying because, as I say, it just it it makes it makes me feel that um, you know I'm doing the right thing, and and that's great because it's, if you're working in isolation, you you don't necessarily know that you haven't got an audience that can applaud or laugh or boo or hiss or or whatever, you know. Um, so it's great that it's it's captured this wave of enthusiasm. I'm, just, I, I'm staggering, humbling, and uh, I'm so appreciative, really. Keep, uh, uh, keep listening, keep playing, keep enjoying, keep the faith. Fabulous. Well, we, re- great- re- yeah, we really appreciate your performance and your time today. And... Um- we wish you all the best, and hopefully we can do this again uh, soon, Andrew. Yeah, let's do it again, anytime. You know, when you come to London, you know, you, you want a beer or something, you want to hook up. Yeah, I'd love to, mate. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I've never been to London. I've actually never, never been. been. No, I want to go. Yeah. 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 Well, I feel um, like I knew you after, <laughs> after our chat. <laughs> um. Last one, absolute last thing. Can we hear yeah. Raphael say something to Dan to close this out? Better the interview you don't know than the interview you do. 
<laughs> or, something, or something like that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>